This video is one of three we shot in the winter of 2018. Ray DeFrisco, Travis James, Tim Robinson, three guys that were on staff at the time at Illinois College came on over to the office in Champaign and shot some content for us. So uh, really enjoyed these guys. Ray, who's still the head coach over there at Illinois College, that he's always been really good to us at Chief Pigskin. So this one by Coach James and the one by Coach Robinson are both available on our YouTube channel. So if you want to see them, check us out over there. The day's finally here. I'd like to thank Coach Alba and the Chief Pigskin staff for inviting me back to speak again today. I'm going to speak on a play that's very popular in the Blue Boy offense. My name is Travis James. I'm the offensive coordinator. I'm the recruiting coordinator at Illinois College, and today we'll be talking about power, especially power as it pertains to our offense. We're, not, we're going to do a little bit of scheme work today, but the majority of the day we're going to be talking about the techniques and the fundamentals that really make this play work. So let's go ahead and get started. So I think before we really dive into the nuts and bolts of power itself, it's important to understand some of the philosophy points that we take into consideration as we're building our run game. And so we really have three to make sure that we're operating in a situation that consistently puts us in the, uh, in the right position to be, to be successful. Number one, how well do our core runs handle movement and front variation? We are, we are blessed and cursed in our league to see every kind of defense that you can imagine from regular four-man front stuff to 3-3 stack and uh, obviously Oki and all the various shades and things that we see during the course of the year and we get blitzed and moved a lot especially on rundowns and so how well has the run game that we've built been able to consistently handle those things. The next piece is do we have the ability to attack every player within the front? Obviously that's something that's not needed on a game-by-game -game basis but based on Player, a player who may be weak in the front that we need to keep going after in the run game or a player that's strong in the front and we need to make sure that we have some different answers for the ways that we're blocking him so he doesn't tee off on us. We have to make sure that we maintain the ability to have those things done and we're not just drive blocking everybody on every snap. The last thing, which may be one of the most important things, is what can we handle on the offensive line? Obviously, everybody would like to, I'm sure every old line coach and every run heavy guy would love to have the ability to line up like Wisconsin and just power through and destroy people. Well, to be quite honest, sometimes that's not the best thing for us. And so we, we have to make sure that we're a little bit creative with the way that we're teaching our guys and the things that we can do. And so really it's, it comes down to a question of two things, maturity and message. How old are your guys? Uh, how, what exactly can they handle in terms of their how many years that they've been playing? For example, this year we started three sophomores on the offensive line and one senior who hadn't really played very many meaningful varsity snaps our other guard had, but that was some growing pains. Just to get them to talk to each other was important in terms obviously all the adjustments that you need during the course of the game. And so the, we had to make sure that we were consistently putting them in a situation that allowed them to execute regardless of the front, regardless of the downer distance, and that meant that we had to boil down our, our offensive playbook. And so, but the second thing is the message that you're sending to them when you're making some of these decisions. If you just say we're going to run one run play and we're not going to get to it very often, are you really sending the message of physicality and execution like they need to and the, building the confidence that they're going to need? The, our answer this year, which was awesome for us and awesome to watch our guys master their craft, was we really ran two runs. We ran outside zone and we ran power. And so we're going to run quite a, we'll see quite a bit of the, um, of clips of our power of our power game from this year, knowing that we were answering those questions from above. We believe that uh, power is one of the best uh, plays against movement in football, and I'll continue to expand on that as we go on. Okay, concept-based teaching also helps for us in the run game. Um, this allows for ease of adjustment and ease of installation. At the end of the day, how can we make complex and large amounts of information seem very simple? One of our answers is, we're not gonna have more than four rules for a guy on how to block a play. And we'll get to power and the rules that we use for that. But if our guys are spending too much time thinking about the play, then we're not gonna be able to execute as fast and as violently as we really want to. Combine that fact with, there's really no need to be overly complex. We should have broad, range, broad reaching rules that cover us across all the different fronts and movements and things that we're gonna see throughout the course of the year, okay? So what does that look like for us in terms of our traditional offensive construction? We're really grounded in four core run concepts. Stretch, which is outside zone, which is high maintenance, but if you spend the time and invest time in it, it's really gonna pay off for you. 
power, which we're obviously going to spend quite a bit of time today talking about, and ISO, two back and one back. I've had the privilege of speaking on that play with Coach Alba in the past. And the last run game concept that really highlights what we do is push, which is an inside zone veer track by the running back. But once again, we can the manipulation and the rules that we use to install and run all those four concepts is what allows us to be diverse. The point at the bottom is very important though. Everything begins with stretch and power. Everything begins with those great plays on handling movement and front variation, and that's how we make our living. So why power? Power obviously provides us with the ability to create angles and double teams on a consistent basis. If you're living in a world where you may not have the most elite offensive line talent, it's obviously allowing you to be in a situation where you can put them in a position to be successful because now they're working on angles and they're, they have the ability to use their buddy in terms of their blocking assignments with a double team. We also believe in our program that it provides us with a plus one advantage. That's a core pillar of Blue Boy football, not just the Blue Boy offense. A plus one advantage is very simple. Do I have one more hat at the point of attack than you do? In our mind, power is one of the kings of plus one football. And so we can do it out of every formation, and we can do it out of with multiple ball carriers and all the things that we do to dress the play up. But it is the ultimate plus one advantage play. It's also very versatile for us. And so there's a few different pieces, as you see here, that allow power to be versatile. Number one, we can really make sure that we're adjusting ourselves um, with the amount of pullers that we're using. And so obviously traditional power is kick out, and kick out with a, with a near back that we call super back, and then we're going to lead with a guard, right? That's traditional power and it's traditional construction. We lump power instead of saying power and counter and all the other pieces that are traditionally built with the power play, we lump it all into the power family because the base front side rules are the same, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But the ability to run different pullers throughout the course of the throughout the course of the play and throughout the course of a game allows us to obviously break tendencies, but it also allows us to mix and match some of the things that a defense is seeing out of a variety of personnel groupings. Okay, so formations and play action builds into that versatility as well. Obviously, the power play itself requires a kickout player in some form or fashion if you're running true power. And so that can limit you formationally if you let it. And so we try not to let it affect us because we've, we've built in ways to run the play that, that trump formation with the different pullers that we're using. The, the alignment of our running back, we're a gun offense, you'll see is pretty consistent. He aligns in the deep position on the play side of the call. That can obviously be a formation and that can be an alignment that is uh, a heavy tendency. And so the best way for us to tendency break that situation is obviously with heavy play action. And that's something I could tout talk a whole clinic about, but that's something that really benefits us tremendously in terms of seven-man full slide protection. Uh, the next two pieces are pretty obvious, R the RPO game and the RRO game, which is the run-run option. Those are different ways that we are allowing our offensive line and allowing our backs to stay consistent in what they're doing and consistent in their teaching, but obviously we're going to start doing some things to force a defense to defend the entire field with our, either with our running back getting to the perimeter or obviously using the, our, the, abil the great ability of some pretty elite wide receivers that we have at Illinois College. From a philosophical big picture thing, it's a full expression of the physicality of our offense. Power is a program play for us. Our head football coach is a defensive guy um, and he is not only obsessed with power and stopping power defensively, but he's obsessed with our ability to run power. It just so happens that myself <clears throat> and our entire offensive staff is also obsessed with making it work <clears throat> in the best way that we can. And so it provides us with the ability to attack the teeth of the defense regardless of our line of scrimmage makeup. And that alludes to some points that I talked about earlier. Creating angles, creating double teams, creating formational alignments that you may not expect power out of or expect our counter punch out of um, are the great things that allow this play to be awesome for us. And so now let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. So now we're really talking about 
the blue boy blocking rules of power. And so we talked a little bit ago, we're not going to use more than four rules to fully describe to the offensive blocking group who needs to be blocked, how they need to be blocked, etc. And so our four power rules are here in front of you. And the note at the bottom is really important. I talked about all the different variations of pullers that we use throughout the course of the year. But our rules stay consistent regardless of the variation of power we are running. These things stay true for us. And you'll kind of see that as we move along. So the first rule is a very important one. Now we're talking about gap rules. Gap rules on the play side. So if I'm a right guard, obviously looking at you, my fr I go through this mental checklist that you see on the tape. And so I'm a right guard. My first question to myself is, is there a man in my inside gap? If there's a man in my inside gap, all other things are off. I have to block the man in my inside gap. No questions asked. I have inside gap responsibility, and that trumps everything else. Whether it's, a, whether it's a linebacker who's walked up or a defensive lineman, it could be the defensive coordinator from the other team. If you have somebody in the inside gap, you stop his penetration, and you knock him down the line of scrimmage. Okay. So, once again, back to our picture. I'm the right guard. I'm going through my mental checklist. Do I have a man inside of me? If the answer is no, my next question to myself is, do I have a man on me? If I have a man on me, I'm now going to double team with my play side partner. Now, once I double team, it, obviously I'm providing the lift and the help for my outside partner, but that does not trump my responsibility to block the, my inside gap. And we block our inside gap in a double team situation with our eyes to begin. My eyes have to be active. My inside hip has to be open to my gap so I can trigger on any run through. And then we'll talk about which backers we're going into so I can start to train my eyes and hone in on the direction that I need to go. Back to our checklist. I don't have a man inside. I don't have a man on me. Now I'm tracking to the linebacker backside. And the way that we ID that, once again, we'll go through that in a little bit. But those are the basic rules. In, on, linebacker backside. Once again, these begin as the primary teaching tools, but our guys, and as they get moving, it runs, once we run to play about two or three times in training camp, then they're understanding what the landmarks are and how I handle things on the gap side or the play side of power. There's a very important point in this, in this first rule for us. You never block out on power, ever. That is a cardinal rule. Do not ever block out on power. That is a sin. That is a sin in our football program. The only guys who have the opportunity to block out on power are our superbacks, whether they're blocking out in a kickout fashion, obviously, or they're in line where we give them some rules to start adjusting to the surface of the defense that we're getting. Okay, So that's rule one. Never block out on power in on linebacker backside. Moving to the second rule of power. It's very simple. We want you to say your ABCs. And it's, that, it's literally that easy. And we'll go to our diagrams here in a moment. Okay. So what are these ABCs that I'm talking about? A is the end man on the line of scrimmage. That is, the, that is A. He is the player who's going to be blocked by the kickout or he's going to be read by the quarterback. There's some certain front variations that make us adjust exactly who that end man on the line of scrimmage is. For example, in an oaky front, we want to treat the guys with their down hand, with their hand in the ground as the end man on the line of scrimmage. Those outside backer overhang players, those guys are liars. They lie to our guys. And so if I'm consistently chasing, chasing guys, I'm allowing things to fold inside of me on my kickout block. And if I'm playing slow at tackle or I'm playing slow at guard, then I'm creating a plus two advantage for the defense because I'm going to have two unblocked guys at the point of attack. So the end man on the line of scrimmage though, and we'll see this in a moment here when we're talking about um, the specific front diagrams. He's blocked by the kickout player or read by the quarterback, and his and his um, and his letter is A. Okay. B is the first linebacker in the box play side. That's who we talk about for the puller, the lead puller. He is going to be the one who who is adding our plus one, our extra hat on the play side of the scheme. That's B. C is the first linebacker backside of B. That's going to be blocked by the double team or the play side. Obviously, in some instances and in some fronts, there is no double team, whether the base alignment of the front doesn't lend to it or we're in a situation where the nose guard plays away and i got to track back or whatever the case may be. But the front side of the play is tracking themselves back to C, as square as they can be. All right? 
The third rule talks about the pullers, okay? The trap puller, which is also a rule that we can use for our kickout player, he wants to fit his hat and shoulder between the defense and the ball. We're a little bit old school with the way that we teach our kickouts and a little bit old school with the way our we teach our traps. We fit things with a shoulder and an uppercut. And we'll talk about those technique pieces in a minute. But at the end of the day, that's what that's the angle that I have to create. I have to fit my hat between the my hat and my shoulder between the defense and the ball. Shuffle pulling Okay, so the shuffle puller is the guard when we're running traditional power. He is the lead puller, in other words. If we're running power brick, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, you'll see quite a bit of clips of that. Um, this would be our super back as the second puller. Don't chase, just replace is what we tell the, the shuffle puller or the second puller on a consistent basis. When I'm pulling around for B, if B decides to jump outside, if B decides to widen or run around the horn, we are not going to chase that, that linebacker as he runs outside. The course and the path of our back is downhill in the A-gap. And so the last thing that we want to do is for one of our pullers to start going wide. We tell him to clear the guard and get vertical. Clear the guard and get vertical. We want to start knocking skulls. If we are chasing, we're ruining the downhill nature of the play, and we're also going to put the back in a situation where he may not have to bounce. We want to get downhill. If B wants to widen, we'll block the next guy who's going to be playing across the top or running from the top down. Don't chase, just replace. The fourth rule is has to do with how we coach up the backside. Okay, Nothing across your face. It's a very simple concept, but man, is it something difficult to make sure that our kids really internalize why we do what we do, and then obviously to combat the things that the defense is doing on the backside to, uh, to hurt the power play. And so the backside is really speaking to the center on his back block and the backside tackle on his gap seal funnel technique. I cannot allow anything across my face. One of the little rules that we have is that if I'm a backside tackle and I got two off the edge, I'm going to step down and close the B gap down with my hips and my eyes, but I am going to take the first thing that runs inside. It may not be the first guy who's aligned closest to me. I have to be cognizant of my space and what is not going to cross my face. Okay. Once again, going back to the bottom, our rules stay consistent regardless of the variation of power that we're running. So now, let's talk about the, the actual tactical application of those rules that we talked about into the scheme that we have against all of our fronts. And so when I think of, this is going to back to a philosophical point, when we are determining whether a run is a fit, the first thing that I am going to do as the offensive line coach is I'm going to draw them against these four fronts that we see pictured here with the, the two on the left. I'll just number them for everybody. Number one number two, number three, and number four. So the first thing that I'm going to do is diagram all of, is diagram the play versus every look that we have. So one and two, we're obviously talking about four down. That's a front declaration that you'll hear our offensive linemen make when they get up to the line of scrimmage. Four down, four down. They'll start hooting and hollering so they understand what the dynamics of and how things are going to shake out within the context of that front. When they hear when they see diagram number three, that's a front that we now call Oki. And Oki is important because things are changing. Obviously, we're talking about the introduction of a seven-man box, so things are a little bit different for us. We got guys swinging in off of vines from everywhere. And then the fourth concept is stack, okay? These are the four fronts that we have to make sure that we have a consistent answer for all the time. The other asterisk front that's important that we are, are pretty hypersensitive about at Illinois College would be bear. What is good versus bear? It's funny, I watch college football on Saturdays and teams are so glued and so committed and so, um, so hard pressed to run inside zone versus every front. Well, when you're lined up in bear, whether you're an elite defense or you're an elite offense, you're not really maximizing your numbers in the way that you can utilize the, um, your offense against that front and the reduction of those defensive ends. You look at Ohio State a few years ago when they played Virginia Tech, that was a great situation. That was a great lesson um, for the Buckeyes because they didn't have a great plan versus bear. They ran inside zone, Virginia Tech ran bear, and they didn't have great adjustments. And so for us, when we're talking about handling the bear front, we have two great equalizers, and we talked about them already. Stretch, which is outside zone, 
and of course power, okay? And so here as we go on, we'll start to talk about our front, the ways that we block different front variations. And so as we look at diagram one and we look at diagram two, we start to see some of our rules in action. And so in both pictures here, A is, is going to be the five technique, the, the, the defensive end, and A is obviously, like we talked about earlier, that's the end man on the line of scrimmage. That's A. That is the player that we're going to kick out. And you see our super back running in a kick-out fashion right now, trying to fit his shoulder in between shoulder and his hat in between the defense and the ball. B, now we're talking about the first linebacker in the box. And in both cases, that's going to be the Mike linebacker. That is who we're going to handle with the, with the second puller. In regular power, He's obviously going to be the lead puller. If we run another variation, that's who we're going to handle with the second puller. C is the next linebacker backside, okay? The next linebacker backside of B, and that's who we are now handling with the double team. That's who we're now handling with the double team. Obviously, we have the rest of it. The center is blocking back, and the tackle is gap seal funneling in both pictures as we see here against, as we see against four down. Now, transitioning to diagram three and diagram four. We're now talking about running the football and we're against odd defense. Anything that we do versus odd defense, whether it's Oki or stack, demands a certain set of rules and a certain, uh, and a certain amount of decisions that we have to make. And so our little cardinal rule, our asterisk rule, we're talking about power versus Oki or power versus stack, and this is really not a deal breaker or anything that would change our rules from, um, from the four that we just talked about, is we're always going to double team the nose guard. We're always going to double team the nose guard. So obviously you see that clearly in both pictures. We're gonna double team him in the top picture. It stays consistent with our rules. We're gonna double team him back to C. We tell the nose guard combination, the ace combination, that they are going to handle the double team that goes to C, and we do that because there's no guarantee formationally that we're always going to have a super back aligned with the tackle to double team him all the way back to C. We want to make sure that we can dent the defense, moving him towards the backside linebacker, and so we assign that ace block combination. That goes from the nose guard to the backside linebacker. In this particular picture, we have a super back in line, and so we now can pull two double teams when we're running power against Oki. And so when we are running power against Oki, the tackle is usually assigned to work down through the B gap and get and fit his hat on the Mike linebacker, which you guys will see very clearly. And so if we have an inline super back with us, we are now going to handle that combination with a, with a combination we call a tray block working to the Mike linebacker. Now we're going to have two sets of, we have two, set, two groups of people responsible for the Mike backer, that plus one run. And so what ends up happening for us uh, on quite often when we're running power is that tray block ends up fitting on the front side backer. Now we do have a true plus one run at the point of attack because that lead puller is, is really pulling for a safety in that case. It's a great adjustment that we made a couple years ago. And obviously on the backside, we're going to gap seal funnel. In diagram four against the stack, now we're talking about a little bit different angles and a little bit different way that we have to handle the box. Everybody panics when stack comes up, but it's really not that difficult. Relax, we're going to be in good shape. And so the nose guard combination, in this particular case, because we have three birds in the box, we got to take this combination all the way backside. We got to take this thing to what now we have in the boxes D because of the way that everything is shaken out with the numbers that we have. So we're going to take that double team all the way to the backside backer. We told the tackle against odd defense, you're going to work down through the B gap and you're going to fit your hat on the Mike linebacker. Those things are staying consistent. You're now working for C. We're still going to kick out the end man on the line of scrimmage, which in this case is the five technique. And we are obviously going to pull for B. That's the first linebacker in the box. Now you say, coach, what happens if this five technique jumps across the tackle's face into the B gap. That's a phenomenal question. What we tell our kickout players is if my if A disappears, I get vertical right now. Because what's happening in the dynamics of the play is this. The tackle has no option but to stay blocking his gap responsibility. And I'll tell you some of the footwork we use that makes that block way easier and way more consistent for our players. And so we know that the B gap is being accounted for. So now we know that the Mike linebacker and stack and the Sam linebacker and stack are both going to fold over the top and they're going to be a problem. They're trying to create a plus one in terms of the way that they're controlling gaps. But if our kickout player gets vertical and our first pull and our 
lead puller gets vertical, we're going to be in great shape to adjust. Even though the inside's cloudy, the running back will end up following the puller, which we'll talk about and see here in a moment. So we've talked all about all the blocking rules that we have, but now we really want to talk about our ball carrier notes. Contrary to popular belief, the running back needs to be taught exactly what's going on around him, and he obviously needs to have the keys to success to make him a successful ball carrier. And so our alignment is called the play side deep position. Play side deep position. So what is that? And you'll see all this on the film, obviously, with our rules in live action as well. The play side deep position is our running back is going to line obviously on the play side, directly behind the guard, seven yards behind the ball. And that is where he begins. Tag is the exception, and we'll talk about that variation of power. Tag, the back has to line up in the deep position opposite because of the nature of the play, okay? Our aiming point on power is the play side A-gap, the play side A-gap. And so our footwork, we are going to slide step and go slide step towards the quarterback, open the pocket, and hit that thing going downhill as fast as we can. We want to press the heels of the offensive line in everything that we do. We talk about not making cuts in the backfield. That's a cardinal rule for us in terms of our ball carriers. Okay? If the A-gap is open, so, once, so now we've, we've ran through our path, we slid to the quarterback, open our pocket, we're hitting that thing downhill, pressing the heels of the offensive line. If the A-gap is open, blow the top off the stovepipe blow that thing wide open and take that thing like you're a fullback running midline. You run right down the middle of the field, go hit your head on the goalpost, okay? As we are approaching that and we're blowing the top off the stovepipe and we're approaching our A-gap aiming point, we're going to color read the backside linebacker with our eyes. And what we're looking for, and we call it a peak, it's not a look, it's a peak because we got to make sure that we're keeping our path focused downhill on our A-gap path, especially if we got to keep it front side because now our eyes have to transition out. And so my color read is a peak. I'm going to peak the backside linebacker. If he's going to trigger in the backside B-gap or he's going to fast flow over the top of the scheme, then as I blow the top off the stovepipe, I'm going to roll my path right and replace where he was, and then I'm going to continue vertical up the field. We'll see a good clip of that here in a moment. Okay, so now we've slid to the quarterback and we're gone. The front side A-gap is closed. And so if that's the answer, we're not just going to run into the back of the play side blockers. And so if the front side A-gap is closed, we're going to follow the puller. Do not slow down. You are pressing the heels of the line of scrimmage, trying to blow the top off the stovepipe in the play side A-gap. And if we do have to adjust, we will make a lateral cut and get downhill again as fast as possible. We don't want to get strung out laterally. Okay? The last adjustment for us is flash. Some people call it power read. Okay? Our flash rules are very simple. We want to get as wide as we can and then turn. Okay, We'll see a couple examples of this with our receivers running the ball. Get, a, get as wide as we can and then turn. We want to beat the defense with speed and force them to run great angles. Okay, So those are the notes for our ball carrier. So here's a couple live examples of not only the scheme and full operation, but also of our run, but more importantly, of our running back and his path. And so here we go as we watch. Our, we, we motion every time pre-snap so we don't get a, so we don't show our hand in terms of our alignment as much as um, some gun teams do. So we always line up in a neutral position, a pistol, with our running back pre-snap, and then we'll adjust. Okay? And so here we go. We're going to end up running power right. You're going to see some of the footwork pieces from our offensive line in full action, and you're also going to see um, the running back do a great job pressing his aiming point. So there he goes. Slide to the quarterback and then go. We're doing a good job on the front side double team. We do a great job with our shuffle puller, fitness hat. And so in this case, the front side A-gap is closed because number 58, this backside linebacker, he, Jason's going to see his color. That's a closed A-gap in his mind. And so right now, all he has to do is follow the puller and get downhill. You can see him accelerating as he clears the line of scrimmage. Does a phenomenal job getting into the secondary and pressing this thing for an explosive first down. So here's another example for us, talking about, talking about our running back's path. We're getting a little bit of hoopla before the, before the snap. So here's our adjustment pre-snap. And so this is an important point. So we're going to be running power right in this case, obviously running through all those, all those, uh, those scheme notes that we just talked about. We're going to have our kick out and our gap seal funnel. And so the running back, as he approaches the front side A-gap, he is going to color read this backside linebacker. And he does a hell of a job in this case. So you're going to slide and go. 
Slide and go. That backside linebacker is trying to blow, pull the chain through the backside B gap. In this case, the frontside A gap is closed as well. So our running back does a phenomenal job rolling right off into the A gap, rolling and replacing for a good gain, a good hard yard, a good hard fought gain down here deep in the opponent's territory. This is a great look once again. We get outside pressure, okay, from the Sam linebacker. We believe that the speed of our running backs downhill are, are, it trumps this outside pressure. Stick to your handoff rules. Press the heels of the offensive line. Focus on what you can control. He does a great job here. And so here we go. This is, a, this is gonna be a jumbled mess at the point of attack. We're gonna get a little bit different variation of power here. We're gonna have the guard as the kickout player and the super back as the lead player. Drew's giving us some commanding instructions. So now, as Greg approaches the front side A gap, man, there's a lot of nonsense going on. There's a lot of bodies and not a lot of movement, okay? So the front side A gap is closed. All he has to do in this case is follow the puller, okay? The pullers are starting to wall and log. Follow the puller. He does a great job of being a really fast, great athlete, second team all-league running back for us. And we score deep in our own end with running backs who are using great rules to their advantage. So now we're going to get into some of the particulars and some of the fundamentals that we talk about in terms of blocking the play. So the beginning of it begins with the kick out itself. And we're going to have some game clip clips that show you um, exactly what we're talking about. Like we talked about towards the beginning of, the, uh, of my presentation, we have to fit our hat in between the ball and the defense. That's a very basic thing, the very basic instruction of what our kickout player must do. And so our path to ensure that that happens on a consistent basis is we want to replace the inside leg of our end man on the line of scrimmage. So that's either going to be the tackle or that's going to be the super back. We're going to replace his inside leg to consistently protect our angle and not go chasing a guy just because he seems wider. He's got his hand in the dirt, man. He's rearing, snorting snot. He's ready to come off the ball. And so we got to make sure that we consistently put ourselves in a great path to fit our hat in between the defense and the ball. And the way that we do that is to replace the inside leg of our offensive end man on the line of scrimmage. Our strike with what we're doing is we're trying to uppercut with our play side hand and we're going to try to put our shoulder underneath the chin of the defense. As simple as this sounds, this is hard to teach. Kids don't really believe how easy and how much power they have when they can uppercut somebody up under their jaw. And so we, we work on this every single day in a drill that we call blade drill, which I'll talk about here in a moment. And still, guys get a little bit uncomfortable. They want to get their hands on guys. But they're not as powerful and they certainly don't accelerate as fast. That's just our belief, okay? If the kickout player disappears, like we talked about earlier, especially against odd defense, he's going to jump in the B gap, get vertical now, because you know somebody's going to replace, they need a player for the C gap. And so I'm going to get vertical as fast as I can, ready to attack the defense. Okay, so here we are. We're getting ready to run kickout power. Here's our super back in the near back position in the B gap. And so he is going to end up kicking out number three. Okay, and so obviously all of our other blocking rules remain the same. I'd like to see Craig get going a little bit better. This kid had been diving in earlier, earlier in the game. But nonetheless, he replaces that tackle's inside leg. That's an immediate kick out right now. He's protecting. His hat is in between the defense and the ball, which is exactly what we want. It's a great job, obviously, by the running back as well. Not as great of a job by our right tackle. Well, you'll see him start knocking guys around here in a little bit. Um, great pull. We get around, we get rolling, our running back's a hell of an athlete. And so here we are, here's another kick out situation. So here's a, here is a great example of when you go chasing what happens. They're trying to play a scrape exchange game here. And so we got a guy who's pretty tight to that tackle and we go and chase him. We're going at that defender. We don't want to go at that defender. We don't want to go at that defender. What we want to do instead is replace the, the tackle's inside leg. We want to replace Zach's inside leg to consistently put ourselves in a position to pry the defense open. Now, we do a great job with our pull. We do a great job with our running back attacking his aiming point. Here's another example once again. They're playing a scrape exchange game, trying to get that linebacker in the C-gap to get him in the backfield on power. 
We end up knocking everybody down that's a running back running full speed down in his course, and we just outrun the guy. Trust your speed. Trust your aiming point. Obviously, this is a great this is a great lesson in what not to do in the kickout. We make things unnecessarily clogged without fitting our hat in the right in the right way. Obviously, we have an explosive game because we have really good players, and that's a blessing that we have in Illinois College. So here's another good example of the kickout done right again. We're watching our super back in a near back alignment. Here he is, and so as we rock and roll, there he is, fitting his hat. In between, he's fitting his shoulder. I'd like to see Brennan's left hand. I'd like to see his thumb turned out, okay? I'd like to see his thumb turned out and lifting the inside peck of this five technique. But what he does a great job is, is taking his angle, replacing Kyle's inside leg. Even though this guy is wide and slow off the ball, we're protecting our course, plus one runner. Once again, we get a little, we get a little bit screwed up with our gap seal funnel player on the backside, Logan. He gets a little bit confused on what's going on because we get some back we get some backer pressure. But you talk about a running back hammering down his aiming point, doing a great job following the puller, and we're in good shape. So now we're going to talk about the blocking fundamentals that as it specifically pertains to the offensive line. And so we're going to start with the double team, which is obviously the big premise of power. That's the secret to making the thing go on the front side. And so we teach our players with two different types of footwork: the inside player is the settle surge player. We also call him the lift player because he is trying to lift the defense up. The outside player in the double team is the hip skipper. He is the eraser. He is coming down to get everything moving. And you'll see by the nature of their footwork what they're trying to do. On the settle surge, we obviously have two steps, a settle and a surge. The settle step, I'm the uncovered player in a double team. And so my settle step has to do a couple things for me. It's an up and down step. It's not a big step. I'm not gaining any ground. It's a rocker step, some people call it. It's an up and down step with my inside foot to settle my weight and drop my hips. What it also triggers me to do is get my eyes into my inside gap and open my inside hip into the gap that I'm responsible for. The surge is the second step. The surge is when I'm driving my covered leg into the crotch of the defender. To be crude, what we say is staple your knee to his nuts. We want to get deep into the, the, the framework of the defense. We want to drive our body and we want to drive our knee, not our hip. When guys are learning footwork and learning how to double team, they feel like when they got to move somebody, they got to throw their big butt cheek into the defense because they think that's going to create movement. But obviously we know that now you're just becoming thinner and now you're not being able to be as strong as a lift player for the outside player in the double team. We're going to get that thing split. What driving our knee and not our hip is a reminder to our guys is to stay as square as possible. That's going to be a big theme as you keep watching. I want to stay as square as possible. As I drive my knee, I'm as powerful as I can be driving up from the floor and I'm creating movement myself, not just waiting for my outside buddy to bring all the loving. I'm trying to strike once again with an uppercut to the inside half of that defender's body. And the key for me is to stay square with my eyes through my inside gap. I'm going to drive my knee, not my hip, to stay big, strong, and square, and I'm going to protect my inside gap with my eyes. The outside player in the double team, this is the best piece of footwork in all football, in my opinion, for an offensive line coach, and that's a weird thing. We get excited about footwork. But our steps in a hip skip is a gallop, and so you are literally going to maintain the, the stagger in your stance, and you're going to use the same coaching point in terms of how you're trying to fit your body. I want to drive my high leg, my inside foot, some people call it your pulse foot, in your stance. I'm going to drive that on the correct angle, and I'm going to try to staple my knee to the nutsack of the defender. We want to be knee to knee, hip to hip, uppercut to uppercut, and we're coming off the ball. We're trying to drive our knee, not our hip once again. We want to stay square, and I'm going to accelerate on contact like a freight train. You're going to see that here in a moment. Once again, now I'm going to strike with an uppercut, this time to the outside half of his body. Our keys stay hip to hip on the double team. Obviously, we teach both players in the same key. And I want to be alert for an over-the-top linebacker. If he's going to play over the top, then we got to do a good job talking through delivery and exchange to get to him. We want to block our defender on the angle on down and back blocks as well. And so you'll see, the hip skip is not just footwork for double teams. Our hip skips are how we're working through the front side. We're working to a backside linebacker. We use the same footwork in a down block. We are trying to bring as much power and try to stay as square as possible and as 
fastest time of possible. And the best way that we can do that is to maintain the stagger in our base and stay grounded. And you'll see that here in a moment. The last point is also very important. We want to be excellent communicators on the delivery and the exchange of down linemen. We got to be really good at knowing here's my eyes, here's what I'm looking for, here is my responsibility to talk to my teammate. Our guys talk in everything that we do when it comes time to combinations. We hoot and holler when you're in the O-line room, when you're in the O-line area, all you hear is, me, me, you, you, go, 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 backer, backer, bat, all these things that we're hooting and hollering because you cannot over-communicate in our world. And so here's a couple drill work examples. So in this, in this instance, we're working to settle surge. So this is a left side player, okay? So his left foot is back, his right foot is up. This could be a left guard, this could be a left tackle, whatever the case may be. And so you're gonna see him settle with his, settle with his right foot, surge with his left, he's driving his knee, not his hip. Man, he's doing a hell of a job staying big and strong and square. Here he's going again. Settle with his right, surge with his left, big and strong and square. You can see the defense's head pop up. Even though we're in drill work, we want to lift and we want to strike with an uppercut. When we strike that uppercut, we're trying to deliver a blow right underneath his, right into his gut, right underneath his breastplate and try to take all the air out of his body. Kyle's doing a hell of a job here. Okay, so that was the settle surge piece of the footwork and some drill work action. This is the hip skip, one of our favorite pieces. It is a legendary piece of footwork at Illinois College. And so here's Logan Shipper, the right tackle, number 57. You can see he's going to maintain the stagger and his stance. What I tell our guys is I want to load my weight the right way no matter where we step when we're talking about offensive line play. So I'm going to load my right foot in this case with all my weight. I'm going to screw the ball of my toe into the ground. And as soon as the ball snap, I'm jumping off. I'm stapling my left knee right to the crotch of the defender. So Logan's coming downhill. You see him do a great job striking with an uppercut with his left hand. He does not an important piece in the hip skip. When I fit on the defense, I am blocking him on an angle. What's that mean? He cannot cross my face and he cannot penetrate up my play side shoulder. I can block this joker anywhere on this angle, but he cannot do any of those things. And so for us, some guys teach get your head across in a down block. We don't teach that because we don't want to invite somebody crossing our face. What the exact coaching point I tell my guys in terms of how they fit their hat is you have two screws on the top of your helmet. I want you to knock the jaw of the defense through his opposite number. I'm trying to knock him on the angle, use as much power as we can. And Logan does a great job of that here. Here's Kyle working from the left side now. Once again, getting that right knee right to his crotch, accelerating, accelerating, accelerating. You can see him fighting hard to keep his hat on his angle of power. Once again, working again now. Now we're going to work a concept that we call a rip cutoff. And so if I am alone, if I'm alone in this hip skip technique and I don't have a choice if, and, and I'm glued to this man in a man blocking situation, if he tries to play across my face, obviously he's trying to play across my face to add, a, to add himself into our gap. So we're going to rip with our inside arm and we're going to box him out just like in basketball. And you're going to see that here. As I feel him start to cross my face, rip cut off, box him out, keep him away from the ball carrier. Keep him away from the ball carrier. And here's another, another great look at it. You can see Kyle's weight is loaded on his left foot. Make contact collision, cross my face, rip, cut off, rip, cut off. So now we have the individual pieces, the settle surge and the hip skip, okay? So now we take all this together and we run a drill that we call blade drill. Blade drill is very simple. We're always going to have a, a, a defensive line technique in the gap. When we're in pads, I'll put them in a four-point stance, and I'll train them how we're going to attack the double team based on how we're going to see it that week. And then we're going to put a linebacker directly behind him. In that particular situation, the linebacker's moving. Our, one of our other assistant coaches, he's going to move that linebacker downhill as fast or as slow as he wants to, once again, force us to train our eyes in the way that we're communicating. And so here you are. Here's both pieces of footwork in live action. We talk in great delivery and exchange. I guarantee you if we had the sound on, you'd hear him yell, go, go! And he's going to play off square to the linebacker fitting with his hands. So here's some live practice footage of everything going. So this is how we set up a great group drill, especially when you're limited on coaches. We're going to have two offensive linemen 
and a super back in the game, and we're going to have three defenders. We're going to have a down defender that we're going to double team handle with the linebacker that we're going to, and then we're going to have a, a kickout player. And so we're fitting the kickout, and we're running our double team. We stack our linebacker right behind um, the, the down lineman for one reason, really. I know that we're, you are usually, vast majority of the time, we're tracking to a backside backer. I want this thing to happen fast. I want it to happen fast as heck. And so when these guys are pushed backside in a practice setting, you're not always getting um, the speed that you need when he's triggering through the backside gap. So we stack them right behind the D lineman to make it happen fast as heck so we can work on delivering and exchanging that block. The priority, no, make no doubt about it, is the down lineman, moving the down lineman. So here we are. We're working on the left side here. We're doing a great job playing square. You can see settle surge technique, the right guard. In this case, he's a little big with a surge, with a, with a settle step, so that makes his surge really long, but they stay square, deliver an exchange, playing square off into my gap. Good fit by the super back, expanding the hole. So here we, go. here we are again on the left side. You see two big high legs, and you see the surge. We're going to get a great look by our defense. Coach the heck out of your defensive guys, man. you got to get a great look. This week we were getting guys rooting in the ground, trying to split us with putting two hands, one on either player. And so we're doing a great job. The center does a good job in this case, playing off and square. Playing off in the gap square and snatching that dude up. Okay, great job on the kickout. You can see our coach standing behind who's telling this guy how fast to flow, making it happen fast. Here's another look. This one's kind of hard to see because you got some bodies in the way in terms of the footwork. You can see both of them fit, and you can see how fast the super back is fitting his hat in between the hat and the ball, and the hat and the ball. But the important piece of this is the linebacker. The linebacker does not trigger one way or another. So you'll see our guys stay fit in the double team. There's no reason to move. There's no reason to come off the down guy because there's no threat to my gap. I can't smell that guy's breath, and so we keep hammering the down guy. Hammer, hammer, hammer. The inside player is the one right here, is the, is it gives us a great picture, okay? The inside player in the double team. The only thing I don't like is him putting his left hand on that block. I got to keep my left hand off, and I got to keep my eyes in my gap, because I got to stay square. He recovers very well, square, snatching him up, define him with his hands. Square, snatch him up, define him with his hands. And obviously, our outside player, the hip skipper, does a good job accelerating his feet, taking over that block. So the next blocking fundamental we're going to talk about is the two types of pulls that we're really dealing with. And so the shuffle pull is the first one. That's really speaking about a guard and regular power. And the second one is a trap pull. And so now we're talking about a guard and what we call power brick. So in the shuffle pull, our first step is going to be max width and depth. I want to create as much distance from the line of scrimmage as I can. because I want And I want to be deep enough to clear the line of scrimmage and wide enough to get to close the distance between me and my target. I'm going to insert in the first opening past the guard. First opening past the guard. I don't want to pull inside in the A gap. I got a guard responsible for that. Now we got two guys blocking one gap. We don't want that. We don't want to waste our space. And so we want to be patient if the double team is being knocked across our face, but we are, you are not allowed to insert inside the guard. We want to accelerate vertical and kick out the linebacker. Now we're obviously talking about some of our rules from earlier. Don't chase, just replace. The strike is a dip and thumb lift, like we'll see. Thumb lift meaning I want to load my thumbs. I want to have them loaded like a gun, and I'm going to lift and get ready to run. Okay. Key is to shuffle across the back with speed, and don't chase, just replace on the linebacker. The trap pull is the other side of things. So I'm going to elbow whip and run through. I'm going to elbow whip and open my hip to gain ground. Key is not to step underneath yourself. Okay. Deep enough to clear the line of scrimmage once again, and wide enough to get closer to my target. Okay. My second step is run through. I'm going to take my backside arm and I'm going to run through and get towards my aiming point as fast as I can, getting back into the line of scrimmage. If the target moves, I got to move. If he widens, I got to widen, but I got to make sure that my course sets me on a path where I can adjust. Anything other than a kick out is unacceptable. That's the mentality that we go into during the course of installation. Then we work a drill, which you're going to see in a little bit, that teaches our trap puller to read the surface that he's got. And then obviously the second puller having to adjust, second puller being a super back or second puller being an offensive lineman. Okay, Strike, same thing, uppercut with my backfield hand because I want to fit my hat, remember, between the shoulder, I want to fit my hat and shoulder between the defense and the ball. Okay, Key, don't step underneath myself on the first step because I'm going to look like a cartoon character running in place and I want to go the same shoulder in the same direction I'm pulling. Pull right, right shoulder, pull left, left shoulder. Pullers are the fixers. 
The front side could be as crazy. The craziest things could happen in the way that we're blocking the front side. But when you come around as a puller, you fix whatever's in your way. Clean up the mess at the point of attack. And so here's a couple great looks at what the pull looks like. And so here is our right guard shuffle pull. And you see, we used to skip pull. Um, but what I found is if you have to get out of your skip sooner than you thought, you're going to push your aiming point wide. We don't open pull because I don't think that that's very good to adjust and get back going vertical. We shuffle across the back because that keeps us square once again, and it keeps us on stable footing. So as soon as I get my opening, I take it. So our right guard is that we're in a tempo situation here. Okay, our right guard, the kickout player is not in really good shape. You can see his feet are crossed. He's stepping with his outside foot. Okay, and so a puller gets around. Somebody's in his way. He's fixing everything around him. Does a great job for us making, uh, making chicken salad out of chicken you know what. And so we get around, get knocking, get moving. Nasty physical play on third down. So here we go. Here's another great look at it. Our left guard is going to shuffle pull. You can see him shuffle with speed. Take the first opening he's got. It's all closed, closed. The shuffle allows us to do this. Shuffle, close, close, close. Take it fit, lift. You see him do a great job. Dip, lift. Does a phenomenal job. Also working inside this combination block right here is phenomenal. Good subtle surge, good hip skip, good deliver and exchange. Running back does a great job on his path, touchdown. And so now, that's our shuffle pull. That's our lead puller, okay? He's going to shuffle across the back end with speed. Obviously, we're going to handle how the kickout happens at the point of attack. So now we do this drill, which we call the train drill. And so the train, I'm the lead car, and I'm pulling my second car with me. And so this is going to be the kickout player, and this is going to be the second puller. This can be a two-puller offensive line drill. Which, and so we rotate it. And so if I'm an offensive lineman, we're both going to be with our heels on the white line. Is this spacing necessarily correct for how we line up? Not necessarily, because this is the line of scrimmage. But I want to see us clear the line of scrimmage and clear the line of scrimmage and work on running our angles. Good coaching point for the second puller. I never want to be what we call nut to butt with my first puller. I got to be one by one. I got to be about a, a one, two foot back and two foot behind him so I can adjust on whatever he does. And we run this drill with a board so we can train ourselves reading the kickout player and obviously how we're going to fit on the play side linebacker. And so here we are. That kickout player expands, fit my shoulder. There goes the second puller. He's got a good course, not right behind him. I see the kickout. I turn up, boom, dip lift, and let's get ready to rock. Here's another look at it. Now, in this case, that, uh, that kickout player is squeezing hard. I read that squeeze, I log him, and there comes the second puller. We're going to bounce that thing out, and we're going to be rolling. Okay? Bounce, go. Here's another look at it. Once again, we put our guys on the line of scrimmage so we can clear it. There's the kickout. We're a little too tight with the second puller. We're a little bit too tight with the second puller. That's why there's a pause there. Get back there, Quinny boy. Okay, and then it'll be a lot easier to read Riley's butt. Okay, but there's another great look at it. So here we are. Once again, there's a hard squeeze. Okay, you can see here, here's one of our super backs. He's back off the line of scrimmage like he's sitting in a sniffer position. But you get the same thing out of the drill. We get a hard squeeze, get a hard squeeze by the defensive line. Superback does a great job of adjusting, getting vertical. There he is, dip, lift, thumb lift. Great job. Phenomenal job running fast. So once again, here's another look at it. We're getting squeezed by the defense. Tackle comes around, dip, thumb lift on the linebacker on the second level. Phenomenal. Here's one last look at it with the Superback. There's the kick out. Great job fitting their hat in between the ball and the defense. Set super back, good dip, lift, run. Phenomenal. So we've gone through all the technique portion of things, and so now I just want to get through some game tape. And so here's a situation for us. It's fourth and one. Everybody knows in the building what's going on. We got everybody in the box, all 11 of our offensive players in the box. You're going to talk about in the box, it's nasty. At the end of the day, get down, work in your technique, create double teams when we can, and hip skip down. Even this guy right here, one of my favorite players I've ever coached, 
Andy Webb, he's a receiver, all-conference receiver. He should have been an all-conference receiver, snubbed, by the way. Um, he is a hip skip. He's going to hip skip down himself because he's a big, strong, tough receiver. He's going to hip skip downhill. You can see us moving fast, man. Creating double teams, staying square. Our super back does a phenomenal job. And our running back does a phenomenal job. Kickouts, phenomenal job. Boom. You can see the power of the aiming point running downhill, knocking skulls. What a great job. Explosive 30, 30 plus yard gain on fourth and one running our play. So, a couple things to note in this particular example, we're going to make special mention of the double team in this case and watch it surge forward and watch the great eyes by the right guard and what a great pull path by the, by the guard as well. So, talk about massive movement and great footwork at the point of attack. You can see him getting their outside arms free. You can see 70 getting his outside arm free. You can see the right guard getting his outside arm free, ready to trigger on any run through, fitting our hat. We should, we, our, the, the key to not pounding this thing in the A-gap was our inability to fit our hat in between the ball. It's a great kick out by the super back, but his hat's not in great shape. So the guard recognizes that. The running back recognizes that. He follows the puller, and we blast that thing, and we're in really good shape. Blake Matson down here is pretty excited. So here's some more near back power. This, you, this is a good indication of how good it is versus all the stunting and movement and overflow that we got. Okay, so we do a great job. Make special mention here of this gap seal funnel player on the backside. This is a situation that we talked about earlier. I got two off the edge. So I got to close the B gap down with my hips and my eyes, and I got to take the first thing that's going to cross my face. In this case, they're running an exchange game. Number 20 jumps inside. Kyle Nance does a great job putting himself in between the ball and the defense. Okay, we do a great job on the play side. Okay, great job hip skipping down to the second level. Great job hip skipping at the right guard position. Great kick out, fit on the first thing, past the guard with the puller. And man, we're in great shape, hammering that thing in the A-gap. This is a great idea, once again, of how well this play works versus movement. You got some, you have a, uh, an ET game going on inside. You got backers flowing over the top. This shows you the power of aiming point and the power of the play, okay? I don't like the right guard chasing this three, this nose guard out. I don't like that at all. I like the super back. He's doing his due diligence. You can see him trying to replace that inside leg of the tackle. That the defensive end does a phenomenal job of squeezing, but we stay working our hat, working our hands. Our guard comes around as a great fixture. You can see the guard. This is a great look at the guard. Watch him. Everything around him is going on, and there's a lot of craziness at the point of attack. And so all he does is stay in his shuffle, stay in his shuffle. There's the opening, hit it downhill. Let's go, let's go get it. He's knocking everybody out, trying to be a fixture. It's a great pull. So that was a, a couple good clips of just near back power, near back kick out power, um, which is awesome for us when we have an elite super back. This year, our super back players were better at blocking small guys. And so we wanted our big guys to block big guys. And so we ran quite a bit of what we call power brick. And so now the guard is going to be the kickout player and the super back is going to be the lead player. And so, and once again, a great example here that we have is against Bear. We believe that power is a great play versus Bear defense. And so we're going to get a back call in the front. And so we're going to back and back and back. You can watch the right tackle. He does a phenomenal job with his hip skip in this picture. Once again, pullers are going to come around and be fixers. Run a little motion with it, a little quarterback power. Right tackle does a great job. He's hip skipping down. You can see the right guard hip skipping down. Big, strong, square. Great kick out by the right guard. Great kick out. Great lead. I want to see our super back accelerate our feet, and we're walking in the end zone. Great job early in the game. A wet game, running the quarterback. We love it. Here's another example. Great job by the play side of the, of, the, of the scheme. Right guard does a really good job in this case with his hip skip. You can see the power of staying square. The right, right tackle does an even better job. You see both of these players right from the jump. They're working their hip skip technique. Even when they're working down, they're tracking back. We work a drill like this every week with the tackles. You got a head up technique, you're going to hip skip down. Don't slow down for him. 
If he's going to jump into B-gap, he's going to jump into B-gap. Don't be slow. We're staying square so we can read it. I don't got to stay slow so I can read it. Hips get down and define him with my hands if he's going to jump across my face. He jumps out. There comes the right tackle. Now Mike is trying to trigger in a B-gap, and oh boy, that's a wrong decision. Okay? Great kick out by the guard. He runs upfield. My target moves. I got to move. My super back's coming around. Does a great job reading things out. Great job defining things, and we score. Phenomenal job once again. Here's another great job. So now we're playing Oki defense. We know that we're always going to get a double team on the nose guard going back to our rules. So we're going to take 90 back to 30. The right tackle is going to hip skip through the B gap. If he jumps across your face, don't slow down. Take him, define him with your hands. If he jumps out, keep working down to number four. We're going to kick out with the backside guard, pull with the super back, gap seal funnel with the tackle. This is a beautiful piece of footwork here by the right guard. Hip skip down, big strong square, 90 plays away from my face. I'm not getting my outside arm involved in the block. I'm staying square. There I am fitting on the backside linebacker. The right, right tackle, I'm hip skipping down. He jumps in the B gap. Watch him define him with his hands. Define, define, define. Get him out of the way. Let's get ready to boogie. Great job by Greg hammering this thing in the A gap. I, the, the super back is slow because he's too tight. And so we want to get a little bit more distance and we'll be in a lot better shape. So here we are. Here's another way to dress it up. A little bit of quarterback power with some fly motion action. Once again, we're playing odd defense. We are going to double this thing back to number 30. We're going to hip skip through the B gap. If the defensive end plays across my face, I'm going to define him with my hands. If he jumps out, then I'm going to go fit my hat on 34. Zach does a great job hip skipping, saying big, strong, and square. Big, strong, and square. He plays out. Now he's going to go fit his hat up on number 34. I'd like for us to be a little bit, have our pad level down on the kickout block better. Superback does a good job, or running back in this case, does a good job of fixing it for us. And man, are we in good shape as we get rocking and rolling. A little bit different formational look to it here. So we're going to run power to the right-hand side here. And so now in this case, on the ace block, talking about odd defense, this nose guard is going to play himself into the double team, which is exactly what we want. You see 73's footwork. You see 78's footwork. That's a great job. Both of them square. Both of them strong. You can see the outside, that inside backer trying to play across the top. And so we do a good job in delivery and exchange, trying to find guys with my hands. We do a good job at right tackle. We do a good job at left tackle. The left tackle, he's getting a hard charge across his face. He's stopping that movement. We're able to protect our inside gap. Big old gain on first down. Another look at power brick. So this is what happens when our path is not very good on the play side. We don't get our hat in between the defense and the ball. Guys are falling in. Man, it's a big old jumbled mess at the point of attack. But the power of our back on his aiming point and the power of our second puller as the fixer, we come around and we're in pretty good shape. A couple more here against four, some four-down defense. Once again, just to remind us of our rules, here's A. Here's the end man on the line of scrimmage. Here's B. And here's C. Nobody inside my inside gap. I got a man, nobody inside, but I have a man on. We're going to double team back to C. We're going to block back. We're going to gap seal funnel. We're going to pull and kick out, and we're going to pull and lead for B. See our footwork once again. The right guard's a little quick, triggering off to the backside backer, not necessarily what we need to get done. I'd rather hammer that guy, that three technique at the point of attack. You see the back blockers making sure that we're defining guys outside with our hands, kicking out, do a great job on the trap pull, great job on the lead pull, fitting our hat between the defense and the ball, great job hammering the aiming point, and we're ready to go. Now we're talking about two double teams. In this situation, this is the importance of staying square. Now we have the right tackle, the left tackle, and the super back are running a tray block in this case to number 54. We get a stunt. We get a game inside. The reason we stay square is so we can adjust just like we do right here. We do a great job kicking out at the point of attack, and we're off to the races. Okay.
So that's the, the main crux of the power that we're getting to. We're going to talk about near back kick out and power brick. And so here are some other variations that I wanted to go through with you, some ways that power is evolving for us. So here's a couple practice clips. I wanted to dress things up, get you guys as much of an inside look into our program as we can. When we are talking about running power versus, um, when we're talking about running power out of a one back set, we can do this out of 11 personnel. We're going to use two pullers inside on the line of scrimmage. We're going to call that power tag in this case, okay? Another theme for us. So we're going to get two puller, okay? So power tag, we have to decide who our pullers are going to be. In this case, we're going to run power to the right-hand side, okay? And so in that right-hand side, once again, you talk about this play being great versus movement. We got guys stunting out and away from our gaps. I'm not going to block out on power. I'm keep working my track, okay? If we get a, uh, uh, we can block this thing two different ways. We can, on the front side, our gap rules, they never change. But in terms of deciding who the pullers are, we got to make a decision. It's always going to be the guard and the tackle, unless we call chief. If chief is the call, then we're going to big block the three technique with the guard, and now the center is the first puller. And so here we go. We, got a, we have a regular tag on. The guard is the first puller. There's this kick out. Tackles the second puller, getting downhill. Boom, boom, go. And there's the running back. Color reading right off the backside backer and replacing him. Working back. Now here's another example. Guard is going to be the kickout player. Okay, we're going to hammer the three technique in this case. Hammer the three technique. Eyes getting ready to trigger. In this case, kick out the five technique. Uh, tackles lead up on the front side backer, and we're off to the races. Here's a live game look, dressing it up for us. We're going to get a chief call at the point of attack. So we're going to get blocking down. We're going to get working back to the backside backer. We're going to big block the three technique. Center's going to kick out. Tackle's going to be the second puller. Boom, boom, go. And in great shape. Here's power flash for us, one of our other variations that we've used quite a bit. We're now going to block power in the box. Okay, nothing changes for the offensive line. The quarterback is going to read the end man on the line of scrimmage. Okay, well, whether he's going to hand the ball off or not, we get that outside backer in this case plays out. We pull the ball. Great, great job color reading by the quarterback. Another variation of power. We'll also run this thing with a wide receiver. Okay, we're going to bring him in what we call jet motion. When we get him in jet motion, now the running back, we borrow him as a blocker. We're off ready to roll. Great job cutting guys down. And we get out and we get around the perimeter. Last little variation. We do a lot of things um, to protect the play. Here's an RPO. We're going to read an the outside linebacker in this case. We're going to read this player. If he's going to jump in the box, trying to stop the power play, and we're blocking a six-man blocking scheme inside, then we're going to whip the ball out to a bubble. And so you see inside, there he is on a blitz. Now they're short on the bubble. Whip the ball out. Let's get ready to rock and roll, and we'll be in good shape. Guys, it's been a privilege to be able to describe some of the things that are important to you in our offensive system, and power is certainly a program play for us. And we dress it up a million different ways. Obviously, formationally, you see that in the way that we teach our pullers and the way that we teach our fundamentals, I think, is the edge for us and the way that we run this play. If you ever need anything from us, please make sure that you reach out to me. Um, Illinois College is always here to help anybody who's trying to better the game, especially guys who are trying to use power to get it done. So thank you for your time. Thank you for this opportunity to coach Al Ball, and we look forward to catching up with you really soon.